Hey, I'm Bex, and this is Fun Kids Meets, the podcast where we meet your heroes. This week, I went inside Parliament and met two people who have very unusual jobs, and they help keep our government running. Here's what we got chatting about. So, I'm here with the Sergeant at Arms in Houses of Parliament, but I don't know what that, that job is. You've, you've got to tell me a little bit about what is your role here. Well, the Sergeant at Arms is actually one of the oldest, most ancient roles in Parliament. And at the core of the role is actually about providing service and support for members. But the start of the role is almost as a security protection for the Speaker and for Parliament. And that's why the sergeant originally carried the mace, because the mace was a weapon of war. And it was carried together with the sword to defend and protect the speaker. And it developed to become almost an emblem, a symbol of authority. And the mace would have the insignia of the king on it. And in 1415, when the role of the sergeant started, I've not been in the role since 1415. I'm just a recent addition to the team. But at that time, not everyone was educated. So if the sergeant went to arrest someone, there was no point giving them a warrant because they couldn't read quite often. But they could recognise the emblem and the symbol of the king. So the mace also was the arrest warrant that the sergeant used when they went out to arrest people. The role these days doesn't involve going out to arrest people. (laughs) And I think the last time, the power still exists, but we didn't use it. I think the last time we had someone summoned to attend the house was uh, when the house had a committee dealing with Facebook and some of the executives had to be summoned to attend, but we didn't have to go (laughs) with mace (laughs) enforcing the the authority of the house. I love the idea of you walking around with that mace, just just the power, just think people would be terrified, right? It is a terrifying weapon. Of course, the mace has now developed to look more ornamental, but it was a terrifying weapon. One strike from the mace could... Well, pretty much take someone out <laughs> for good. And of course, the sword is a weapon as well, and it just enforces that authority yeah. and the power to protect, but also to enforce rule. Most of our day to day in the role now is maintaining order in the chamber. When people watch Prime Minister's question, it can be quite lively, quite loud, and there is place for robust uh, debate. Uh, in the House and on the precinct of Parliament, but there also is important to maintain decorum mm-hmm. and order so everything is done in a way that's dignified and maintains the reputation of the House. So how do you, how do you keep order without waving that mace around? Well, we have honourable members in the House and we expect honourable members to behave honourably and they do generally but there are occasions <laughs> where there is disorder. One example actually that is on public record and people might have seen on YouTube is where a member attempted to take the mace from the chamber. Of course the House cannot sit and pass laws without the mace being on the table 
and a member removing the mace from the table is very disorderly and disruptive and the sergeant in the chair steps out, retrieves the mace from the member, returns it to the table and very often, almost always, the house then sanctions the member for such disorderly <laughs> behaviour. Wow. So there are powers that belong to the speaker and to the house to be able to sanction members who are disorderly <laughs> during a debate. But yeah, those kind of actions are very disruptive. I love it. You're keeping everyone in check, though. You're making sure that everybody is doing everything by the book, right? Yes, absolutely, both within the chamber and outside of the chamber as well. And do you have the mason sword with you at all times, or does it keep itself separately away somewhere? Well, when the house is not sitting, so currently the house is sitting, and one of my deputies is in the chair. Whenever the house is sitting, a sergeant needs to be in the chamber one person can't do that for the full sitting of the house. So we have deputies and associates and a rotor. So one of our associates is currently in the chamber and the mace is on the table of the house. And this is private members' bill Friday. Right. So the debates are going on. And everything's happening right now. It's happening right now. And is there like a special uniform you have to wear to do this job? Well, there is a uniform and the uniform has evolved, but not... Not very much. It's, it's court dress because, of course, this is a palace and it still is a palace. And when people attended palace in 1400, 1800s, there was a form of dress that was dignified for attending the palace and that was court dress. And our current uniform is based on the 18, 1850s court dress. So there is... A tunic shirt with a starched collar, waistcoat, uh, dress coat, and when attending the chamber, the sword as well. But on high state ceremonial occasions, when the monarch is visiting, mm -hmm. there is the SS collar, which is the sovereign's chain that I wear in honour and respect of the sovereign when they're at uh, being in the presence of the sovereign. And when uh, last year we had the lining state for the monarch, we replaced our white gloves for black gloves and our white sword uh, for black sword in a black scabbard. And that was throughout sort of the mourning period uh, for the lining state uh, of the monarch. And yeah, so we maintain the same uniform that has been in the tradition of sergeants. And in 2009, we had a female, the first female sergeant at arms. And of course, we worked with a tailor to adapt the uniform to be suitable mm -hmm. uh, for the female sergeant at arms. So there is adaptation and there is scope for flexibility within our uniform. Oh my Was it not really warm in summer though when you've got all those layers on? Well, I think a couple of years ago we had uh, 42 degrees uh, in the UK and yeah, we had to do risk assessments <laughs> and, and look at what provision of cooling and what, I guess, amendments we could make to the uniform. But while in the chamber, the chamber was air-conditioned, so we maintained the uniform. But we have colleagues who have to work outside and in those spaces, they were able to take off their jackets and sometimes their collar 
or tie <laughs> so yeah they don't overheat because yeah we do need to look after our staff and make sure their well-being and safety is protected <laughs> when, when it's either very hot or very cold because I've got staff who work across the estate ensuring order is maintained right across the estate. So it seems like you have a lot of people that you're in charge of. Like, What's your daily life like? Do you have people coming in and out or do you send people out to do stuff for you? Gosh, my daily life, well, we always plan each day, but usually by nine o'clock there might be new things that we need to be very, very agile and adapt <laughs> and move and respond to. So each day when the house is sitting, at the start of the day there's speakers' conference where the clerks advise the speaker on things within the order paper, which is basically the itinerary of what's happening on that day. And I provide advice on what events and activities could have potential to disrupt the sitting and what measures we've put in place to make sure there is no disruption and everything runs smoothly. And then the sitting of the house. The sitting of the house is basically when the house is in session, we call it a sitting. It starts with the procession, so a doorkeeper, one of my staff again in uniform, and the doorkeepers are also a very old, ancient role, and they wear badges, and the badges of the doorkeepers are part of the royal collection together with the mace. So they are also there as almost representing this continuity of the relationship between Parliament and uh, the monarch. Mm -hmm. And the day starts with a procession and then prayers, and after prayers, the house begins to sit with question. I spend the first hour and a half or so in the chamber for the first part of the sitting, and then there will be other things going on on the estate. I'll have staff posted. I've got uh, 70 staff in my team. Wow. Some will be posted in the chamber, in the galleries. Usually after prayers, all the visitors who've come to watch the proceedings from the galleries, they're all let into the galleries. On Wednesdays, there's usually hundreds trying to get in the galleries. And of course, they're there for Prime Minister's questions. Sure. So there's really fine-tuned system to get everyone in and in their seats before Prime Minister's question starts and each time the, the team does it to work in with security and my doorkeepers and I'm always impressed because I look up to check everyone's in their seats <laughs> and <laughs> no one's missing part of Prime Minister's question because it's very popular, people want to come and see the Prime Minister answering the questions that the members are asking on behalf of, of their constituents and the things that are important to their constituents. Yeah. It sounds like you've got quite a busy day, so I'm very grateful that you're, you're getting time to speak to me right now. Uh, now, for a lot of our listeners who are thinking, that sounds like a pretty fun job, I'd quite mm. like to do that. How did you get into it? How, how would our listeners, you know, kind of navigate that? Well, there, there are lots and lots of roles in Parliament. I joined Parliament as an engineer, but we've got nurses, uh, IT specialists, architects education team, a journalist <laughs> and comms teams in Parliament, photographers, so uh, caterers, chefs, so the whole wide range of jobs in Parliament and most of the roles are advertised on our website and when this role was vacant, I applied for it. It's 
quite a robust selection process in place, but I prepared and if anyone prepares and make sure they look at the questions, answer them correctly. Yeah, they, they, and I mean, I always encourage people to consider Parliament as an employer. I've worked in Parliament for 11 years and it's a great place to work and I've done a number of different roles. And for me, one of the great things about Parliament is that ability to move uh, between different roles and roles that anywhere else you'd need to make a different career choice because I've worked as an engineer. I've spent 18 months in secondment with the Transport Select Committee and now this role all within the same organisation and there are not many other places where you, you can do that. Absolutely. And so you say you've been here 11 years? Yes. So you must know the building pretty well, I feel. Well, yes, yeah. yes. Although there are places I've... Last week I was going into places I've not been to ever in my oh, 11 wow. years. So there are still places I've not been to. I love that. So if, if somebody was to come on a visit and a tour, um, what would you recommend they definitely look out for? Is there something that you're like, oh, look at that statue or make sure you see that window or a bit of history that you love in particular? Gosh, um... The the building is fabulous mm -hmm. and starting from Westminster Hall, what people might miss when they come into Westminster Hall is what's above. When you come into Westminster Hall, they need to look up, maybe go right up to the steps, look back and look up, admire that ceiling, the best, the biggest example of hammer beam roof anywhere in the world and the 12 angels and when they're lit up to see the detail and there are replicas of those angels in the shop and at the entrance to the shop so if you can't see the details looking up to the ceiling there's close-up of, of the angels so those is just beautiful it's almost like the angels are watching <laughs> and when, when there's a celebration in Westminster Hall it's just beautiful just have and almost want the angels to join in the singing because we're coming up to Christmas and we have Salvation Army coming to the oh, nice. Westminster Hall for the Christmas carols and this music rises up and the angels can join in, in singing this. those carols. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, I'm going to go back there now. I'll be looking up at those <laughs> angels and looking at the roof. Uh, thank you so much for telling us all about your job. Really appreciate it. Oh, you, you. You're welcome. Chloe, I'm here with you in the House of Lords and it's very exciting. I have no idea what happens here. What is your job in, in here? Um, I am one of the clerks in the House of Lords um, and I um, am responsible for advising members of the House of Lords about the rules and how they can change the laws of the country, how they can question the government um, and all the things that they can do as members of Parliament but within the House of Lords. So what's the difference between the House of Lords and the House of Commons? So uh, the Parliament in the UK is made up of three parts. The House of Commons, which are the elected MPs. The House of Lords, uh, who are appointed as members of the House uh, rather than elected by the public. And the Monarch. And those are the three parts of Parliament. Commons, Lords and Monarch. Um, and the Commons and Lords work together to make laws for the country um, looking very carefully at what the government wants to do in terms of new laws and suggesting changes to make those laws as good as they can be. And when it comes to the opening of Parliament, you must have a pretty important role, I imagine? Uh, well, 
The Lords as a whole has a very important role in the state opening of Parliament because the whole ceremony takes place in the chamber of the House of Lords. I'm lucky enough to have a, a small part in that ceremony within the chamber on the day, um, but on the day of state opening in the chamber of the House of Lords, we um, uh, welcome the monarch who comes in uh, to, to deliver a speech setting out what the government want to do over the next year. Um, and all members of the House of Lords are present and uh, we then summons members of the House of Commons who come down to listen to the King's speech. If we were to come to you on the state opening of Parliament on that day, um, would we see you in a particular uniform? Are you with a certain person? How does it work for you? Uh, yes, um, so on the day of state opening, I wear a uniform that is very similar to the uniform you would see if you went to a court and you looked at a barrister. So um, I wear what's called black court dress. Um, and then I wear a uh, white silken jabot, which is a uh, sort of white silk lacy scarf around my neck. And then I wear a, a grey barrister's wig. Um, oh yeah, I can see it in the corner of the room there. Absolutely. Made of horsehair. Of horsehair? Yes. Is that not very itchy? It's not. I was really worried when I first got it that it would be very itchy, um, but I don't find it itchy. The, 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 the inside of the wig has a nice uh, lining, so you don't feel the horsehair on okay. your head. That's good. I w- I'll worry less about you. That's okay. That's fine. Uh, so yes, who, who are you with on the day? Who do you work with to make sure that the state opening of Parliament goes well? So um, the, the people involved in the planning of state opening of Parliament are, again, the Commons, Lords and the Palace, but the person who really plans it um, uh, and um, delivers large parts of the ceremony is uh, Blackrod, who um, is uh, a, a member of the Royal Household, but is also the person responsible in Parliament for um, all ceremonial occasions, and particularly those ones um, involve the monarch. So I work very closely with Blackboard uh, and she works over many months to make sure that this really important day in the parliamentary calendar goes smoothly. And I'm going to ask a really stupid question here. Is Blackrod called Blackrod because they have a black rod? Uh, Blackrod uh, does uh, have a, a black rod, yes <laughs> indeed, um, and, and that um, uh, that black rod uh, has quite an important um, role in the state opening of Parliament because once uh, the monarch has processed in a, in a big ceremonial procession from Buckingham Palace to Westminster, um, escorted by the household cavalry and um, uh, marching bands, etc., they arrive uh, at what we call Sovereign's Entrance, which is a big grand door um, uh, into the House of Lords, and uh, they come up into a special room that we call the robing room, where, where they get into their, their robes and um, put on the imperial state crown and um, get ready to do a, a procession down from the robing room to the chamber of the House of Lords. And once they have arrived in the House of Lords and sat in, in the throne in the House of Lords, uh, Blackrod is sent to summons the House of Commons um, and she marches down from the House of Lords to the House of Commons where the House of Commons symbolically slam the doors of their chamber in her face <laughs> um, and uh, she then bangs with her rod on the door of the House of Commons that has just been slammed in her face uh, to um, uh, to 
demand to be let in and she strikes it three times. If you ever go to the House of Commons and look at the back of the door into the chamber, you can see it's damaged from years of, of this ceremony of, of oh, wow. striking uh, the door. And eventually they admit her into the House of Commons and she goes in and, and says, um, I think she says, Mr. Speaker, the King commands this honourable house to attend His Majesty immediately in the House of Peers. Um, and uh, then the Speaker and the clerks of the House of Commons, uh, followed by all the members, process up from the House of Commons chamber to the House of Lords chamber to listen to the King's speech. It's so exciting to be part of this tradition, which has been going on for well, hundreds of years, I assume. What's it like for you to be there and to be like part of history? Ah, it is. It's a very exciting day, and you know, I've only um, had the job that I'm in for for two years. So um, this state opening of Parliament that we'll have on the seventh of November, um, which is the first state opening that King Charles is doing as king, sure, um, will be the first time that I've seen uh, the monarch do it in person. Because as the Prince of Wales, uh, King Charles did do the role uh, uh, in the last state opening ceremony but obviously because he wasn't monarch it was a sort of toned down ceremony and he was doing it in his role as Prince of Wales and mm-hmm. Councillor of State. This time we have the King coming to do it in person and um, that would be a really historic moment and one I'm very, very privileged to be in the room to, to witness. And you mentioned there were marching bands. Is there like a party going on behind the scenes? Do we get like a little trestle table of uh, a buffet out? What happens? No, not not exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, there is this great procession, and, and you know, if you're in central London, you can go and watch the procession from from Buckingham Palace to to the Houses of Parliament, um, and the the King. I think it really depends on the weather, which carriage they use. But Fair if, enough, if, yep. if, if if we're lucky, they, they, there's you know amazing carriages on display horses um, and the marching bands uh, and once they enter into Parliament there isn't a big trust table case <laughs> unfortunately we don't do that but um, we obviously while the king goes upstairs uh, to, to do the ceremony we have all the horses who've been part of uh, the procession bringing the, the, the coach down in our inner courtyards and in fact when my own children were small um, I used to take them down uh, during uh, the Queen's speech in those days um, to, to pet the horses and you give them carrots and stuff so um, that, that was always a highlight for them. Amazing and am I right in thinking I mean your job in particular has been here for a very long time indeed was it quite exciting to take, take it on two years ago? Uh, yes, uh, it was a it was a very exciting moment for me. Um, not least that you're right, uh, my job has has existed for many hundreds of years, um, but I have the privilege of being the first woman who's ever done it, which felt again like quite a yeah. historic moment. Um, so um, it, it, it really has been a privilege to, to have this job and to have these opportunities to be part of ceremonies like the state opening, but also to be uh, you know uh, working throughout the year in Parliament as it does its its work scrutinising the government and, and passing laws um, you know, it's not just it it's an exciting day it's a really great job throughout the year yeah do you have any other days of the year that you really enjoy being part of or that are really important to you um not set days in the same way as state opening you know state opening is the big yeah, sure. set uh, 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 ceremonial day in parliament but when you're working in parliament um there are often occasions that uh, uh are very exciting to be uh, a part of. So, for example, we have state visits from uh, heads of state of other countries, um, and um, they'll often come 
to Parliament to address members of both houses, often in Westminster Hall, which is our very oldest room. It's the room that people may have seen on television when the Queen lay in state Mm -hmm. um, uh, before her funeral. And in that room, um, we'll often have all members of both houses come together to hear addresses from... We had President Obama when he was President of the United States, and I was involved in helping deliver that. Um, We've had the Pope. um, We've had... um, all sorts of people over the years so those are other events that have been uh, uh, really interesting to be involved in it must be amazing apart from the hall is there one room in particular that you walk through and you're like I can't believe I get to work here this is incredible I have to say Westminster Hall is the room that I most often think that because Westminster Hall uh, was built by the grandson of William the Conqueror and um, so you know it it is very very old you know over a thousand years old and um, over the years, it has been many used for many different things. It's, it, there have been courts that used to meet in there. There's been coronation banquets in there. There's been the lying in state of monarchs over, over many years. Um, as I say, trials, all sorts of things. Or, you know, as you learn more and more about history, you realise the integral role that that room has played in many of the stories that you, you, you learn about in history. And so sometimes I've had a really stressful day and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, everything is, is going wrong. I walk through Westminster Hall and I think, in comparison to what this room has seen, <laughs> my day is not problematic. So that is the room that I, I think about most often um, in terms of its history. I love that. And, and how did you get to this role? If, if anybody's listening right now thinking, you know what, Parliament sounds like a pretty good job. How do, how do we do it? Um, well, I... Um, uh, would, would, would really encourage anybody who, who is interested in the role of Parliament to look at the many different jobs we have across both houses, um, you know, whether you are interested in um, you know, working for a political party, that's obviously one route, or a job like mine where I am totally politically neutral and I'm there to advise members of whatever political party they're from mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. equally to make sure that they can do their job as, as parliamentarians but you know we also have jobs for people who um, you know, whether you want to work in computer programming website design media and communications uh, education heritage uh, preservation of our records and, and the building um, there are so many different uh, 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 career opportunities within the Houses of Parliament for people with all different skills and um, interests right, so I've got a chance then you reckon uh, it depends what your skills and interests are but I'm sure you've got a chance yes. <laughs> I find some. I'm sure I can find something somewhere and finally before I let you go I think I know the answer to this but which is better the Lords or the Commons Oh well, this is a, a, a very difficult question for me to ask because my uh, answer because my husband works in the House of Commons, so this is a constant family debate around our dinner table. Um, the Chamber of the House of Lords is is very opulent. We have a lot of gold. We have a a, a, a lot of um, beautiful uh, artwork in there. Um, I love the Chamber of the House of Commons, the Chamber of the House of Lords. The Chamber of the House of Commons is also, you know, so exciting because of the history. But the Chamber of the House of Lords is more beautiful. I'll take that. That's a good answer. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about it. Pleasure. Thank you. That was the Sergeant at Arms and the Clerk of Parliaments who helped to look after the House of Commons and the House of Lords. If you want to find out more about Inside Parliament, head over to funkidslive.com/insideparliament and listen to our Parliament podcast series. <laughs>